Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano and Andy Mattioli. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. Hope you are doing well. Hope you are staying safe wherever you are in the world. Going to bring Andy on in just a moment here. He and I discuss the latest victory of Roma over Verona. And then we go into this very odd ownership situation as we saw a name from Kuwait leak just after the match ended. It was very, very bizarre how everything played out. So he and I discussed that. If you missed it, Palotta, he re- he spoke to me for the first time in quite a long time, but he rejected that he had talks with this individual for the club, but this individual has gone on to say he's registered interest in Roma. He won't speak on it until the deal is closed. Very, very odd, very, very bizarre, uh, but we get into that and discuss it quite a bit. So uh, before I bring Andy on, though, I have to give a mention to our friends over at Since1927FC.com, who are a Roma-based clothing brand. You can check out all of their t-shirts at Since1927FC.com. Again, since 1927fc.com. They have a great variety. The shirts are extremely, extremely comfortable. So again, check them out since 1927fc.com. And you can also find them on Twitter and Instagram at that same handle at since 1927fc. They've been huge supporters of the podcast. Joe, their owner, great friend. So please give them a look. Again, the shirts are extremely comfortable and very, very stylish. So uh, let me bring Andy on now as again, he and I discussed the victory over Verona and this very, very, very bizarre ownership situation that Roma find themselves currently embroiled in. So uh, here are Andy and myself right now. All right, Andy. So Roma, they defeat Hellas Verona two to one. Um, pretty good performance, I would say. Not great, not bad. I think there were a lot of highlights. Veretu, Ibanez, definitely the ones who stood out the most in the team. I'm not going to say. Should we even say anymore who didn't stand out or who, who didn't do well? Because otherwise, uh, you and you and I get on him. Yeah, then you and I get accused of picking on him. But yeah, Lorenzo Pellegrini was not good. <laughs> Not no, good. Not, not good, good at, at all. all. I don't. I don't understand. Uh, like uh, what his performance had nothing to do with the rest of the team. I'm not saying that we put in a brilliant performance, but uh, everybody else was seemed to be working on the same level, uh, and the only one was Pellegrini, who who seemed to be in a in a completely different game, um, whose output was so frustrating, whose work rate was so frustrating that, hey, even even Jeko, um, who we know is a moody player, had had enough of him. Oh, the, the... now I can understand people having a go at Jeko for pouting a little bit. You and I have talked yes. about that plenty before. You especially notorious you, for it. Yeah, you especially have gotten on him for that, and. Obviously, look, from your captain, from a guy who's in his mid-30s, I think that's that's a terrible example. He obviously should not be whining like that. I hate to see it. But I I kind of understand why he's whining. Not that I like the whining, but I I, I get why he is because um, you had a tweet. I thought that summed it up pretty succinctly the way he was playing yesterday. It's like he just forgets the basics and he feels like he has to make – the play of the century, and I'll, I'll never understand why <laughs> yeah. he he just doesn't do the simple thing. And and I I felt like yesterday every time the ball 
landed at his feet, especially in the final third. I, I lost track of how many balls he lost. I, I genuinely started to feel bad after a while because he did not look good. Jekyll, too, I didn't think he was great other than the goal. I, I just mm-hmm. He really did not seem into the match. But Mkhitaryan, now, even though he does at times, he he can fall prey to losing the ball. I just feel like his football IQ and his yeah. ability and his mentality is so much higher than the two we just mentioned that it's yeah, it's it kind of scary that they're in the same same attack. It's a little alarming. Yeah, it is alarming, and um, you can even see uh, Mkhitaryan. The the difference I think between Mkhitaryan and a lot of other players that are involved in our attack is Mkhitaryan seems to be seems to always find himself at at the right place at the right time. Yes. Um, you know, yesterday he was the one who passed the ball to Spinazzola. Um, when when it seemed like Ver- Verona had had gained the ball back, Mkhitaryan got it back passed it to Spinazzola, and then Spinazzola crossed it beautifully with a soft touch to Dzeko. Um, That's another standout performance, in my opinion. Spinazzola in that position did really well. Very well. Um, But, but, yeah, and and that's that's the problem with, with... the situation with Pellegrini is that we we we've watched him uh, since you know the the post lockdown. I think he started uh, almost every game, um, and we've seen him struggle continuously, and more so because we see uh, Vertu go and 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 have substantially more significant uh, attacking output. Than Pellegrini yesterday, Spinazzola and Perez were contributing more to to Roma's overall attacking than Pellegrini, and that's problematic because Pellegrini's strong suit should be attacking. That's what we got from his uh, recent season. Is that what what Pelle, Pellegrini was good at was not defending or uh, playing in a, in a two man midfield or playing as a mezzala. It was playing more as an attacking midfielder, seeing the goal, uh, getting the ball into the feet of uh, Dzeko or Under or Clivert. And right now, uh, all of his teammates are doing it except him. And and, and that's that's the problem. But again, we should not be, you know, emphasizing that so much. I think the, the overall performance was, was pretty positive considering that this was an opponent that had much more energy than us. Verona have been on a roll. They're not a team to be, you know, to they're they're doing wonders this season and they play a very aggressive type of football. So I think Roma were good at neutralizing what little Verona created. Um obviously the goal stemmed from Mancini turning way too slow oh. and um but that's and and Verona are a team like that. They have these individuals that can hurt you. Um, the first that comes to mind is Lazovic, uh, Veloso, the two players that really did well also against Inter. Um, so this is, you know, and Amrabat. Uh, this is a team that is difficult to play against. I think that Roma did well to absorb what Verona had to give them and also play some nice counter-attacking football. Yeah, I agree. I thought Roma did pretty well. I, other than Pellegrini, I thought the only other, and I wouldn't even necessarily call it a negative performance from Mancini, Mancini. but there were certainly yeah. things where 
there was an instance in the second half, and I don't remember who had the ball. Um, of Verona, I, I forget who who had it, but they spun Mancini two or three times, and the poor guy looked like he was going to fall down on his ass. He just turned so slow. But then when you watch Abanez, oh my god, I I don't know, I, like. Mancini was. Should we call this the Ibanez Press podcast? Yeah. Well, okay. So I'm obsessed with him. I'm <laughs> going to admit it. I, I definitely have an agenda. So <laughs> anytime you hear me praise him, it's because I like the guy, um, and it's not because his agent gives me a ton of interviews. That's not it. But <laughs> dude, I I have to tell you, he is playing way above his years. Now I don't want to mistake him having courage and balls and playing with balls. For he could be reckless at times. Now, even though he timed it yes. well, that challenge at the end, <laughs> at the that end, was... man, that, that was it was either the most brilliant thing a defender could do or the dumbest thing a defender he, exactly. could do. Exactly, minutes. It, it, it's exactly. It reminded me of one of those things where you're either the mad genius or the mad idiot. So there were there were <laughs> only two ways that could have gone. That reminded me of Juan Jesus and the Genoa match where he. Oh, no. I, I, that's like that's what I envisioned in my head. It was going to look like, but <laughs> Ibanez is good. I I see all these comparisons, and like I said on the last one, he's not Lucio, he's not Samuel. I saw somebody or the, the commentator on my end said David Luiz, please stop with this. It's ridiculous. It's unfair. Part of me thinks maybe this is just uh, having trained with Bangs Bowl for uh, the first half of the season. Maybe he's still got a little bit of that juice in him, and uh, that is it coming out. I but, think so. Yeah, think but, so. but in all seriousness, he on the ball, I mean, what was the thing we said about Mancini when whether he was playing at the back or even when he played in that midfield role earlier in the season? We, we talked about how good he was on the ball. I think Ibanez is probably better than him. I don't know if anybody noticed it, but I adore, I adore the way he just bypasses the lines, dribbles the ball forward, and hoofs it right to the attack. Nobody else in the defense is capable of that, not even Mancini. So I think he brings a dynamic that they just don't possess at all, Ibanez. Um, again, uh, uh, Mancini's good with the ball at his feet. He can pass it okay. I think Ibanez is better. Again, that, this might be me just really feeling it right now with him and maybe diving into hyperbole a bit. But I thought he was really, really good. <laughs> I want to hear your opinion, though, aside from those two. What did you think about Kolodov playing in the back at, yeah. at a back three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was about to I was about to get to it. I thought that was interesting. I um I definitely liked that scenario. I've always uh, thought that that's his role now. He's too slow to play as a wing back. He he doesn't have the work rate for a wing back and yeah. and he he, he can't defend as a left back anymore. I think putting him on the left side of a three-man back line, I, I, I remember saying this in November or December, that is absolutely his role now, as it should be. Yeah, well, as, as we remember, his, his sort of last months uh, spent at Manchester, Manchester City, City yep. were, were, mainly, were mainly spent in that position. Uh, I thought that Guardiola figured it out uh, before anyone else that that was, you know, Color of just had didn't have it in him, and then he went on to Roma and proved wrong many critics by by having a wonderful first season, and then slowly, slowly but surely running out of juice. And and I I you know I think that he's another one of those players that you have to help him. And and so uh, you know a, ga a game like this, 
maybe different than a game against Inter. And so, you know, I liked him here. I thought in many crucial situations, he did well. He he had some pretty nice tackles. Um, I also like the fact that Spinazzola was there to help him. Vertu, as always, Vertu is everywhere. So we can basically say, you know, he was helping Paolo Lopez as well because yes. the guy is everywhere. He's also selling hot dogs at the hot dog stand. <laughs> um, but but the, the, I think going forward in these next five games, this is definitely, I think, a more acceptable... Uh, backline than if we had uh, Cristante there. I think this is if we have to, if we have to have somebody out of position, then I prefer to have Kolarov there, who not you know not being ideal as a left back anymore. Maybe he has this in him, and um, you just have to give him coverage. So whoever is out there playing on that same flank needs to do everything to 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 help him out. Um, because because this guy, if lim- if limited to certain to a small number of duties, then he's perfect yes. because um, he's experienced. He's got he's got immense strength, so he's not you know he's not gonna let by, uh, you know let somebody pass him by without going for a tackle or something. He's aggressive, so that's you know, and I probably that's what stood most about that backline is everything in that final tackle by Ibanez, I think, summed up the evening pretty well, is that you have on your hands a backline that, you know, Mancini, Ibanez, Kolarov, all three of them seem to be very aggressive players. Um, it's it's going to be interesting, though, to see how they will adapt to uh, Luka, the likes of Lukaku uh, yes. or Lautaro. Because those are completely different players. Here, you know, yesterday we were playing against Verre, you know, the <laughs> same guy that we paid 26 euros for tickets to see Verre play, which is for somebody that gets the reference, is a, yeah. a, an upset fan uh, many, many years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and and so, yeah, I think that was what stood out most. And uh, again, Vertu, um, I said on the last podcast that he has become the man for this team. He is one of the leaders and it's impressive to see that, you know, a year in and he is one of those players that is respected by the young ones, by, by, by the veterans and Jekko. This is a guy who really put in work, gained respect and, and got what he deserved. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the thing I do worry about was, I don't know if you remember this, but Kolarov did stay one of the reasons he ultimately left Manchester City other than, the playing time was that he didn't like playing in that role at the back. He mentioned on right. several occasions that he didn't like playing as a central defender. Now, obviously, this is three years, four years later. So I, I would assume at least to a certain extent his his opinion has changed. And how many times have we seen this with players over the years? Uh, they play as a left back, they're left footed. And then in the latter years of their, of their careers, we see them move to uh, the left-sided central defender. You can point out a number of players. We, it's a huge list. I see no problems why he should have problems adapting. Now, again, you have two very mobile defenders alongside him. Um, Smalling, I assume, will come in at some point for one of Mancini or Abanez. I don't know which of the two at this point who would be better for him to replace. But, yeah, I, I absolutely love Kolodov at the back there. And I think it would be absurd for... Fonseca to even consider leaving or abandoning this three at the back system because you are finally 
Spinat Zola, in my opinion, I thought was one of the biggest disappointments um, up until up until the, the the break. I thought you could easily say yeah when he was about to get sold. Yeah, that's well, right, right, right. I I mean I I don't know if Petraki, if you held a gun to his head, if he would admit that he made a mistake with that, but it didn't look good. But again, we said it on the last one. If you put these guys in their natural positions, they clearly do better. You're getting a functional Spinazzola who, again, that cross yesterday was unbelievable to Jekyll. I thought it was, it was pinpoint accurate. He's yeah, done phenomenal. It was perfect. He's done phenomenally well in that wingback role. Shocker, you, a wingback, you put him as a wingback, he does well. Uh, Bruno Perez, there's nothing that you and I can say more about this guy. He is who he <laughs> no. is, but you're putting him at wing back you're not putting him at right back vastly different role vastly different responsibilities and he's doing relatively well yeah that's where that's where ventura even ventura the the probably one of the worst coaches you can possibly uh, find in in the world you know had the sense of putting him as wing back and that's when he had the best season probably of his career yes absolutely so i think fonseca would be absolutely crazy to abandon this system there's so many positives on it you got the wingbacks who are doing well Veda two and Diawara the, the understanding between the two of them has been phenomenal you have Kolodov I hope I hope I hope I hope I hope he can c- continues with this Kolodov at the back I'm, oh. a, I'm terrified of seeing Cristante though oh, against Inter oh yeah uh, in, the, in the prospect of that is is terrifying absolutely terrifying um want to talk about though I I didn't publish his words but for anybody who missed it, Paulo Fonseca had an interesting post-match press conference. I'm sure you caught it. He um, he was very, very kind of shockingly critical of Zaniolo. He said he didn't like his attitude. He said he has to work for the team. He didn't like his performance at all. What did you make of that? I, I thought – I had a couple of thoughts. My first one was, wow, I, um, this is a side of him that – we've never seen up until this point it kind of seems like he's a little bit like Eusebio Di Francesco in the sense that you could go out there perform like absolute crap um but the one thing you did right that's what he'll talk about in public as opposed to the things you did wrong and then the other thing is I I don't know if 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 that means anything for Zaniolo and his future there were people saying oh well him and him and Fonseca don't get along now that that means he's going to be sold please stop Zaniolo's not getting sold this summer. So, what did you make of that? Were you surprised that he said that? No, you know, I I I I watched the the interview. I think that sometimes, and and somebody else pointed this out. Um, I think for for Italian speakers, it's it, it's easy to see that Fonseca still struggles to sort of get the yes. nuances. So yeah. whenever I think he you have speaks, to watch him, if you just read his yeah. words, yeah, he. Yeah, and when he still does it with word, a great it's, it's, accent, by the exactly. way. If you if you don't listen, he's got a very um, it's, like it's, the it's the Portuguese accent is it's extremely heavy. Mentalidade. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. He, he like yeah. he like like and everything is rolled. It's pretty funny. It is, but but that's the po- I think that when I, he always uh, go talks in a very matter of fact fashion. Where he forgets to get the nuances right, you know, he he uses the same words, um, he repeats himself, he he uses the the same three or four words to express the the same concerns or the same remarks about a different situation. So I think his point was that, and maybe you know, and maybe even if he wasn't, 
I think his point was that uh, he, by criticizing Zaniolo, he criticized the player that sort of, you know, after that Brescia game, the story was about Zaniolo. And, you know, the Zaniolo, he got interviewed, whatever. Even though Zaniolo wasn't really the best on the pitch, though, there. Yes. Um, he played 20 minutes, got the goal. We loved it. We got very excited. But that was it. And I think that here he was sort of trying to control the narrative, trying to, to you know, to, to get the kid back from, you know, down to reality, yes. back from all yes. those headlines of Zaniolo. He finally, you know, the king of Rome is back or stuff like that. Um and obviously, you're going to get the eventual people writing and talking about, oh, is this the new tension? Is Will <laughs> this uh, uh, lead Zaniolo away from Roma? Will Milan uh, swoop in and get Zaniolo? Uh, the same uh, ones who gave Vera Tuni Banyas a five and a half and a six <laughs> in the newspaper. Yes. yes, yes, exactly. So I don't think there is any problem there. I thought... Uh, you because he didn't he never he not, never because what we we had an issue with Di Francesco uh, when he was criticizing Schick because he would criticize Schick even when Schick wasn't playing yeah. I mean he was criticizing <laughs> yeah. Schick when yeah. Schick was just taking a shower so yeah. that's <laughs> that's the difference right. here you have just a kid who comes on it comes on doesn't do really much to to improve the quality of the game and I thought Zaniolo would have been crucial I think Zaniolo and Perez would have been so much better than than Pellegrini in this game, and Zaniolo really didn't have uh, an impact. So I think that was an, an important remark that he made. Um, he knows the importance that Zaniolo has for the team. So that to me, that's it. It's just you know, it's um, it, it's just a remark for a player that is is widely praised for even the smallest of things. So sometimes it's good to bring him back to earth. Yeah, I don't think there's much controversy in it at all. I was actually surprised at how many people were making a big deal about it. I, I didn't see much in it. My only thought was maybe he took issue with the high boot that got him booked very early on, him coming onto the pitch. I, maybe he was just frustrated that that was an incredibly stupid action of him that quite easily, very actually very easily, could have ended up in a sending off. I wouldn't... Yeah. I, I, in fact, I was waiting for them to change that to a red card. I, I was actually surprised... That it stood as a yellow. So yes, I, I don't think I don't think there's much in those comments. I don't think it's a controversy. I don't think it's that big of a deal. So I I, I don't think this deserves probably the time that we spent talking on it. Hey, real quick. Um, so right after the match, the uh, some weird rumors emerged about a guy. Let me make sure I get this name right because I hadn't heard of him until <laughs> I hadn't heard of him until after the match. His name is Fahad El-Bakar, and he's a Kuwait-based businessman. Um, based on his company's website, uh, they, sell so they sell soap and a couple of other things. Their office building looks like something that was probably... Office space. It looks like the building from Office Space. I don't know if anyone has seen that movie, but very bland building with very ugly coloring and signs on the outside of it 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 looks like the most bland it, it, yeah it, it's it looks like the kuwaiti guantanamo yeah, it, it looks like a call center honestly it, it just it's very <laughs> it's very bizarre so this guy goes on some television in the middle east i i don't know if it was kuwait i don't know where it was but he gave an interview saying i'm interested in a club that's traded on the italian stock market 
I can't really speak about it because they are traded on the stock market, but I have let them know of my interest. Now, for those of you who don't know, there's only three Italian clubs who are traded on Borsa Italiana. It's Juve, Lazio, and Roma. And Juve and Lazio are not for sale, so that obviously narrows down what he was referring to. I have to tell you, though, I don't know if you looked up this guy on Google, but this guy has very little footprint on the internet. So to say I'm skeptical about his ability to acquire Roma is probably putting it mildly because I refuse to believe that this guy can has the funds to acquire the club. I, I, I just don't believe it. Now, again, maybe that's unfair. Maybe he's got a group behind him. Maybe he's got other investors we don't know about. Maybe he's just the front man, sort of like Di Benedetto was for Palotta. I don't know if you guys even remember that, but back in 2011, originally Thomas uh, Di Benedetto yeah. acquired the club, but in reality, it was Palotta um, behind it the entire time. So maybe that's the case with this guy. I don't know anything about him, but if I'm just going off of the little that's out there on the internet, I'm not buying it. And again, this guy's website looks like something that was made in 1998. So I don't know. And I talked at Palotta for the first time since he and I had our little row back in March responded to me. So first time in four months that he returned a call or, or a message of mine. And all he said was, I've never spoken to this guy. Now, I was told by Freakin's guys that they have a period of exclusivity. So if they want to release or get themselves out of that period of exclusivity, Roma would basically have to make an announcement. So Roma, Palotta hasn't spoken to this guy. Uh, I have a contact in Studio Tonucci, who is the law firm that Roma used. They don't know this guy. Studio Ciomenti, who is a, it's a Milano-based law firm that Comiso used and Roma are using. Um along with Tonucci. They've never heard of this guy. So this just seems like the typical yeah. fake news. Do you have any <laughs> opinion on this? Because I I, I, I really don't. This is, seems like a, like a prank call, like like something somebody would do on shrooms to call in uh, to <laughs> uh, a, a TV show and just pretend to be somebody else. And then I think of, uh, remember when there was that Indonesian prince? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What was his name? <laughs> Al-Kudami, something like that. Jesus, I really don't remember. I remember the Indonesian prince, and that was, you know, and that remind. It's just the 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 people that uh, Seria seems to attract are are just so colorful. Um, this guy, based on his website, his uh, you know clicks on the internet, seems to have the reputation of the guy who sells fruit in front of my building. <laughs> oh um, my God. <laughs> So Jeez. seriously, I mean, I don't, I, you know, I, I, he, he, and he was very specific. Like he, he, he knew. He, that... Yeah. He knew that Roma are publicly traded. Like if, if, yeah. if, if <laughs> now, I mean, if you follow Roma, obviously you know that, but I, I can't imagine that some investor who isn't familiar with Italian football just knows that. And again, you would have to do at least some modicum of research to come up with that. So I, I don't know what, I don't know what to make of this. This is just very, very bizarre. I, I don't, I, I, like part of me, kind of like what you said, it, it feels like we're being pranked. And, but this guy clearly knows, at least to a certain extent, what he's talking about. Now, what he said 
Roma have already announced that the club is in talks, he can say that I am interested in acquiring Roma and he would not be breaking any of the laws for Consob, who oversees the Borsa Italiana. So I don't know where or who is who is giving advice to this guy, but I, I don't know. It just seems very weird for him to do this weird interview and then to come out and say, oh, no, 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 no. I never said that. I never said that. I never said that. Um, but I am interested in a club that's publicly traded. And then didn't his one tweet say, like, I'm embarrassed or something for the way this has been handled? I don't know. This whole thing is just bizarre. It's, Dan Friedkin, please just end this misery already, okay? Yeah. Just make this yeah, If end. I have to choose between free, a free Toyota and uh, and free soap, <laughs> you know, I, I am tempted by the soap, but I'll still go for the Toyota. Yeah, this has just gone on for far too long. This has to end. Part of me thinks that Palotta like gave this guy some money to go on TV and say this to put some pressure on Dan. But so that oh, that's why you think that's why he responded to you so quickly. Maybe, maybe that's why he did. Maybe he knows that I'm in with the Friedkin group, and if he responds to me, I'll get it over to him. I don't know. But this is almost now. What happened yesterday is almost, almost. As bizarre as this random South American group from Uruguay oh my that God. has been discussed for the last two weeks. But no, but no, but wait, this it's better because uh, it recently was a, 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 a it's sort of they talked about a merger between a, a, a Uruguay based uh, <laughs> with, group with like Brazilian yeah, connections. With Brazil, I really... I, there was Brazil, <laughs> there were some Colombians involved. I mean, this seems like an. Now, every, they're making a new Narcos. They are Roma making well. a new Narcos, which is like one of my favorite shows. So if that somehow made it to Roma, I would be ecstatic. Get Baldissoni for the main character. Yes, I need Baldissoni. Baldissoni. Okay, now before we go, I just have to talk about this very quick. I don't know who is coming up. Okay, I do know who is coming up with this weird South American consortium. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to talk about them individually. I, I don't want to name them by name. It's not my place to comment on what other people report. I get that. But do you find it a little weird that this group who was talking or supposedly talking about acquiring Roma is supposedly talking to Edinson Cavani and saying, oh, well, what, what, once we acquire the club, we will sign you. I mean, how is that? <laughs> yeah, it, that's not legal in any way, shape or form. But it, it's, it's the definition of uh, lazy journalism. I mean, we have... I mean, this is, you know, once it probably would have been news, but we just accept these, uh, these, yeah, these pieces of information that makes no sense whatsoever. But, you know, people are, oh, okay, well, Edison Cavani is from Uruguay, so let's come up with a Uruguayan-based group that is interested in Roma so that then they can offer him the contract that he wants that <clears throat> is totally out of reach for Roma. No matter what he does, he'd have to slice that contract in, in I, I don't know, in, in half at least. Um, so it's just, it's it's ridiculous, but it's, you know, it's it's obvious. It's lazy and, and, you know, people will click and probably somebody will eventually give Cavani the contract that he wants. That was almost as good too. So, so this guy from Kuwait, it was good. The South American thing was Better, but the best was when <laughs> they came up with this Jeff Mallet guy from Canada, and then in all of like <laughs> twenty to thirty minutes, him, people who were connected with I 
think it's Vancouver where he works. One individual who used to be at Roma, who was at Vancouver with this guy, it took them all of like five minutes to be like, no, this is false. Right. So basically, so 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 what we have, so we've had, I think in, in the past couple of weeks, we've been attached to the guy from the Miami Heat, <laughs> the Canadian guy, and the Canadian guy and uh, the Uruguayan-Brazilian group of uh of of drug dealers and uh the kuwaiti guy so and that's two weeks so perfect oh only one man can end this and that is dan freaking so dan please come in and this madness we would greatly greatly appreciate it all right so we will we'll be back after roma face inter at the weekend it should be a good match we'll uh we'll see what happens inter are certainly struggling whereas roma after having initially struggled, have rallied off three wins in a row. So again, should be a pretty, uh, pretty interesting affair. We will, uh, we'll see what happens. So as always, everyone, thank you so so much for listening. We appreciate your support. Um, and until next time, ciao. Ciao.